welcome back to the Ipsos Views podcast. Today, I'm talking to Milorad Ajdair, who is the global leader of our corporate reputation service line, and he'll be looking back at the findings of our last Reputation Council report. Hi, Milorad. It's great to see you again. I wonder, for anyone who hasn't read the Reputation Council report before, maybe you can explain why they should? Well, it's a pleasure to be talking to you about this, and particularly as I'm very passionate about the Reputation Council report. Uh, yeah, I make no bones about it. I think it's it's a showcase piece of research within the corporate reputation sector and industry. I think our ability to get over 100 senior uh, corporate communicators and corporate affairs individuals, so we're talking about people at SVP, head of, director of level in some of the world's biggest companies to come together and give us their opinions about what's driving corporate reputation. One of the, the issues that we've got to look out for going forward is quite an achievement and something I'm particularly proud of. But I think there are a number of really clear messages coming out from council members. I mean, one of the big issues that we're hearing an awful lot about at the moment within the corporate world and more broadly uh, amongst a variety of stakeholders is the whole idea of ESG. And by that, I'm mean environment, social and governance, which is an emerging, I say emerging, it has emerged, a a very strong view that companies really have to be part of the whole kind of stakeholder capitalism movement that we're seeing around the world. And what I mean by that is that clearly it's not enough for a company solely to make a profit. Obviously, it's very important a company makes a profit because that's the only way the company will be sustainable and be able to continue to operate. But what we're seeing now is a much more complex and nuanced definitions around what companies are there for, why they exist, their role in society, kind of ambitions that they should have and how they should serve their stakeholders. And one of the things from the council members, remember these people are corporate affairs directors of large global organisations, a clear message is there's, there's no turning back on ESG. ESG is now firmly embedded on the corporate agenda. In fact, uh, 76% of council members say that ESG is important to their investors. And I think if we just pause for a moment, if you think of investors, they tend to be a stakeholder group that you think of being quite hard-nosed and purely driven by the bottom line, driven by sales figures, margin figures, profit figures. But what we've seen in the last five years or so is that we've seen this particular stakeholder group that's kind of come to the realisation that If a company makes money but does it in such a way that it doesn't serve a broader purpose, then there is a chance that that company will begin to erode its license to operate. So I think we're now seeing the emergence of what I would term as uh, stakeholder capitalism. There are a number of different definitions and there are a number of different organisations that have have studied this and and, and come to varying interpretations. I mean, Harvard Business School, uh, a couple of professors there talked about shared value and the idea of shared value as opposed to what was uh, corporate social responsibility was the idea that it's not just about philanthropic gestures, it's about actually kind of building into the DNA of the company uh, mechanisms by which the company would uh, give back and share and support the societies in which it operates. But also, it's not just external stakeholders. I think also ESG is also important to the course employees. You know, generally, people want to feel good about the company they work for. They want to feel that the organisation they're working for is uh, an ethical organisation is an organisation that has a, a purpose over and beyond the bottom line, a purpose to reinvest in society and reinvest in, in people. The term ESG is banded around rather a lot. Do you think every one of the le- those letters is given equal weighting? It's the E, the S and the G? 
I think all are important, but the spotlight will perhaps rest on uh, one more than the other, depending on society's agenda at the time. I think without becoming complacent, we're kind of pretty well versed in the environmental debate. Everything from CO2 emissions to the efficient use of packaging material through to palm oil and that being used in products and the impact that has on the environment, which is farm. So no way to be complacent or to kind of underplay that. But I think at the moment we are seeing quite a strong light, uh, light on the social. And I think that's that's been driven by things like COVID, where the vast majority of council members feel that people do expect business to take a lead in COVID. Of course, COVID uh, you know, hasn't left us. It's uh, in abeyance and hopefully dwindling, but it hasn't left us. But I think in particularly the early stages of COVID, there was an expectation, particularly I think amongst employees, that companies would step up to the plate and play a leading role in helping society to cope with COVID. So, you know, whether that was companies within the pharma sector, obviously, coming uh, coming forward with vaccines, etc., or whether it was companies repurposing their activities to help. So by that, I mean, you know, the, the, the brewing industry, repurposing their production facilities, creates uh, hand sanitizers and things of this nature, or, or, or even did FMCG companies as well, looking at PPE equipment. I think there's a kind of an expectation that companies would, would do this. And that definitely fits under that social a pillar of VSG. You know, the banks, the banks produced a much more understanding for businesses that wanted loans and wanted to borrow money, given the circumstances in which businesses found themselves. So I think across the whole kind of corporate spectrum, or social element of ESG has received a lot of attention and continues to do so. I'm glad you mentioned COVID, actually, because I did want to refer to something our global CEO likes to say, which is that change can sometimes be exaggerated and the idea the suggestion that covid has changed everything forever is perhaps a little bit overblown in fact i think our emerging point of view seems to be that covid hasn't changed everything what it has done though is to accelerate existing trends is that something you'd agree with yes yes i would i would you know i, I don't think kind of covid landed that every company in the world you know, developed a social conscience before covid arrived companies were putting a corporate mirror, if I can put it that way, up to themselves and having a good, strong look and seeing where they could make some real differences under that social pillar, but also environment and governance. We shouldn't forget governance, of course, which is all about how companies run themselves. There was an established trend towards companies retaining a broader perspective on their activities over and beyond their commercial requirements. So yes, I think COVID has been I mean, it's catalyst will just put it into greater focus, perhaps, rather than the cat. I think catalyst is wrong. I think it's perhaps put it into greater focus. The kind of the spotlight has been on companies more than it has ever been before. And I think most companies have kind of embraced that and seen it as a good thing. So my final question, Milorad, mm. is about the future. And based on your many years of experience of talking to Reputation Council members and from all the work that you've done, I think decades now working in this mm. in this field, what do you think the likely challenges are going to be for organisations in the next few years? What, what are the things they're going to have to face up to that they haven't really come to terms with yet? The things that the progressive companies will try and avoid. One is fadism. This is the idea that ESG will come and it will go. They even see these things through the lens of a fad. And I think, you know, we have to be clear. There are certain companies that are probably ticking a box when it comes to ESG. You know, rather than truly believing in the tenets of ESG. 
And I think those companies ultimately will be found out, or the majority will be found out, because lip service will only get you so far. So I think that's a challenge for the corporate sector. The, the way that companies absorb and manage their operations in terms of ESG is utterly robust. And that, therefore, companies are not distracted by other things and move away from the tenets of ESG. So I think that's number one. I think number two, the, the very idea of internal and external communications will become redundant. There will only be communications. The idea that you create a narrative specifically for an external stakeholder base, and then you somehow create some form of adjusted or recreated narrative for your employees will become bogus. Ultimately, what you are willing to say to your investors, to the NGOs that follow you, to the media, should be exactly the same that you're willing to say to your employees. So those things will become indivisible. And we're not there yet. I mean, the catalysts for that, of course, are that, I mean, this is coming whether companies want it to happen or not, because, you know, we're living in a digital age. The individual has been empowered to such an extent that the idea of command and control when it comes to communications is, is utterly redundant. If you go back 20 or 30 years, the communications process would be top down within an organisation. You know, you'd wait for the pearls of wisdom to come down from on high and those, they'd cascade down through the hierarchy until they finally reached the kind of coal face. Well, that's just not the case anymore because the online world, the digital world, now the ability to communicate instantaneously across a range of subjects, across all sorts of organisational structures is such that the company does not control the communications process anymore. The challenge is in how do you still create coherence within a much more random and variable dynamic when it comes to communications. And then the final challenge is around a say-do gap in reputation, and probably in both private and public sector. Companies will have to really do, then say, more and more going forward, rather than saying and then trying to do. What I mean by that is it's it's easy to commission a corporate advertising campaign, a corporate PR campaign. It's easy to create communications collateral around your values, your purpose, your vision, your mission, that your point of difference, the value you bring to your various stakeholders. But actually, the, the, the more difficult thing is just to, to, is to do that day in, day out in a way that's compatible with the tenets of things like ESG. And once you've established that, then you take that forward through to vigorous messaging. And within that, I think... Companies need to be, I need to demonstrate much more empathy with their stakeholders. One of the council members told an interesting little humorous ditty, which was in the company washroom, there was a joke around that above the hand dryer, it said, press the button here to hear a message from the chairman. The inference being hot air, of course. Although humorous, and I, I did find it very, very humorous, I, I do think it gets to an important point, which is that, you know, when the leadership of organisations talk about big, important issues to internal or external stakeholders, they need to demonstrate that they really, really do get it. And it really, really is important to them. And, and also, that's not about saying that you have all the solutions. You've got you know, magic bullets to all of these things and you can solve them in, in the short term. But you know, what it's saying is that we understand that the way we conduct our business will have to change over time. And we're taking on board things and investing in things and tangibly doing things that demonstrate that we are serious about this. And I think having that empathy with the concerns of stakeholders is as important in some ways as the action that follows. Milorad Ajdeh, thank you very, very much. Okay, thank you.